Welcome to At the Crossroads Church weekly podcast. Our hope is that you will grow in your walk with God and be blessed and encouraged in your daily lives as you listen. You can visit us at our website at atthecrossroads.ca. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you that your name is powerful, that in the name of Jesus, every knee will bow. In Jesus' name, we give you praise. And we honor you today, Lord, as this is the day represent it was the day that you were raised from the dead you defeated death you defeated the grave and you live in us god and we're so thankful for what you've done lord and we're here to honor you this morning in spirit and all god's people said amen amen Amen. god is good well you may be seated look to your neighbor and say you look good today all right Amen. So we have a little video clip we're going to put on for you guys. It was Friday afternoon and Jesus... He's dead. His brutalized body hanging without life on a cross dropped into a hole in the dirt. His executioners had dug the holes, prepared the place, and done their job with ruthless efficiency. This wasn't how it was supposed to be. The hope of mankind overcome by powers of hell, by the shadow of a grave. once knew what it was like to rule and reign on the earth. We were made to live in the light, in relationship, in purpose. We were made for more than what we've come to accept as normal. Ever since the garden, Satan and his kingdom have been tightening their grip. Darkness has ruled evil, chaos, suffering, hopelessness. We've been enslaved and crippled by the holes the enemy has been digging for us too. Instead of killing the Messiah, the cross became a catalyst for salvation. The hole that was dug to hold an instrument of shame and death was instead filled with an instrument to bring healing and new life. That's the way God is. Nothing is impossible with him. He's always restoring, always renewing, always able to take what was meant for evil and turn it for good, to take our graves and turn them into gardens. Why? because he never gave up on his plan. He has never given up on us. He knows what we don't, that you can't have resurrection life without death, Jesus. He died so we can have lives of purpose and power over the grave. He is not dead, he is alive. And because he lives, we can live again. Amen, isn't that good news? Amen, awesome. Well, just just in case you guys missed, we do have a little communion element over there um, during the service. If you didn't pick one up, you can walk over. It won't disturb me. Don't worry. Uh, grab that because we're going to be taking up communion at the very end. Um, uh, I think it's a good thing to do communion on Easter Sunday. How many would agree, right? So uh, the title of my message today is, Are You a Good Egg? Are You a Good Egg? 
And uh, Father, I ask God that you would, you would speak to us by your word today, God, that you would challenge us, uh, that you would transform us as you always do, and encourage us by your word. And all God's people said, Amen. 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 Well, you know, when we talk about Easter, we really understand the origins of Easter as believers. We understand Passover and, the, and, and, and Jesus rising from the dead. And um, we see this whole concept of Easter eggs, and the world has kind of in, embraced all this as Easter, Easter eggs, Easter bunny, all that. Um, but I want to talk about the egg today. I want to really bring Christ through uh, this, this egg. So I do have an egg here, and that's if I see anyone sleeping, it will go in your direction. So... <laughs> Make sure you're all awake, all right? So are you a good egg? And so I wanted to talk about what the egg represents. Uh, many cultures believe that the egg to be the source of new life. Uh, throughout culture, it's really a symbol of new life. In ancient Egypt, the egg was revered as the origin of the world. Uh, we know that's not true. The Chinese already gave painted eggs as gifts. 5,000 years ago, they would give them as painted gifts. Ancient Greece and Rome, they, to celebrate the equinox in March, they would, uh, they would, at the beginning of the year, they would, they would bring colorful eggs that were painted and give them as gifts, okay? So this is a common thing throughout culture, through different religions. And, you know, part of the Easter egg concept and the bunny rabbit, I understand that comes from pagan roots. So does worshiping on Sunday. But we redeem what the enemy stole. We redeem it back for Christ, amen? So I want to talk about this from a Christian perspective today. And uh, I want you to see that uh, it was used in Christianity as a symbol of the resurrection of Christ at Easter time. In essence, the meaning of the egg is a metaphor for Christ breaking forth from the tomb of death on the third day. All right? Just as a chicken cracks out of this egg and, and new life comes forth, Jesus came out of the tomb. The tomb could not hold him. He came forth and brought new lives. In the Middle Ages, uh, the church forbade the eating of eggs and meat during Lent, which is from Wednesday to Friday. And so the farmers had uh, uh, so many extra eggs, they didn't know what to do. So they started this tradition. They took all of the eggs and they would, they would paint, they would boil them, paint them, bring them to the church, and the ministers would pray over the eggs and they would go out like handkerchiefs went out and they would reappear, they would reappear on the tables at uh, Easter and the kids would have these painted eggs. And so that was the concept. We'll go to the next slide here. So this is what the church did. So typically the egg was painted red, which symbolizes love, hope, and purity. It actually symbolizes the blood of Jesus Christ and many times would have a golden cross. And so what happened was they started painting the crucifix on the egg in different things. And then, of course, it evolved from there and it became more of an emphasis than even the resurrection of Christ. But this is where it comes from. And uh, so what happened was there were so many eggs, the farmers didn't know what to do. They actually started to pay, people started paying their rent with extra eggs. Um, so, so that's the thing. And that's why Christians dyed the eggs as well throughout the Middle Ages. All right. But today I want to go a little deeper and I want to talk about the triune God. How many know that God is three in one? Amen? And so we're going to take this egg and we're going to symbolize that. So we'll go to the next slide. We've got to understand that God the Father is like the yoke. He is the center. The God is the spirit of all spirits. He is the center. He's the yoke of the egg. The external uh, white part, which is called the albumum, is really representing the spirit of God, right? That surrounds the Father. And then thirdly, God the Son. The Bible says the Word came from the beginning and dwelt among us and became flesh. And so Jesus symbolizes the hard shell on the outside. So we have three in one. Say three in one. 
All right? It's a good little analogy. So the next thing I want to talk about is the triune man or the triune woman. The Bible says that God created us in his image, right? In his image, he created us male and female. And so we have here the yoke, which represents your spirit. Okay? So your spirit, the center of your heart, your spirit is the real you inside of your flesh. Okay? So secondly, we have the soul, which represents the mind, the emotions, and the will which symbolizes the album of the egg, the white part. And then the flesh is the shell. Now, I don't know if you guys notice this. Like, we get farmer eggs sometimes, and we've gotten uh, white eggs. Uh, We've gotten brown eggs. How many have gotten brown eggs? We've gotten green eggs. You can get green. They've got a green tint or a blue tint. How many have had those kind of eggs? And I've even had eggs with freckles. Uh, and, and it's so important to understand this because the eggs all look different on the outside, but they're the same on the inside. I'm going to say that again. They look different on the outside, but we're all the same on the inside, okay? And in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 16, Paul says, So from now on, we refuse to evaluate people merely on their outward appearance. I want you to look at your neighbor and say, I refuse to evaluate As the church of Jesus Christ, guys, we have to be so far above where the world is, where there's the, Satan, the god of this world, would like to race bait one another against each other, the blacks and the whites and the Hispanics and the First Nations and, and, and all, okay, fighting amongst themselves. We are above that because we understand we're all the same on the inside. Whatever the world wants to think they can, but we're above that. We understand that Satan does that. He wants to bring race baiting and get us all fighting, but God has called us to unity. All right? In Acts chapter 17, verse 26, it says, And he made from several bloods. Is that what it says? No, he made from one blood every nation of men to dwell on the face of the earth and has determined their pre appointed times and boundaries of their dwellings. And I say this openly, shame on anyone who doesn't get this. Shame on anyone who, uh, if you've ever suffered any kind of discrimination because of the color of your skin or where you came from, know this, the one discriminating is in league with Satan. Just know that. So reject their rejection and move forward because God has called you to be a winner. Say amen. And so we understand that the white... Albanum on the inside of this egg represents the soul, which is your mind, your emotions, and your will. Okay? And, um, but the yoke represents the heart, represents who you are as a person, the deepest part of you. And I love what the Bible says about the heart. We look at 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11. And no one can know a person's thoughts except the person's own spirit. And no one can know God's thoughts except God's own spirit. So only God knows the heart. And that's why it's so important that we judge not. We shouldn't be judging people. The word of God is not a weapon to, to try to correct people. It's a, it's a medicine to help heal people. Amen? It's a weapon against the enemy. It's a medicine for your neighbor. It's a medicine for your children. You've got to use the word of God to bring healing and to bring the word. Can I hear an amen? amen. All right? Only God knows the heart. He knows what's in the heart of a person. In 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 7, we see prophet Samuel almost anoints the wrong son as king. 
because he saw the strong, good-looking, tall son of Jesse. He said, that must be the king. Because God had promised one of the sons would be king. And look what the Lord said. And he said to Samuel, do not look at his appearance or at his physical stature because I have refused him. For the Lord does not see as man sees, for he looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord, where does he look? He looks at the heart. Second Corinthians or Chronicles chapter 16, 9, the scripture says, For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the earth to show himself strong in behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. So God is after our hearts. God is after the core of who you are. He wants to transform you. He's a good God. And so we see here, because today we're comparing men and women to eggs, the question is, how do you see inside an egg? You know, I was, yeah, well, I was asking, uh, I was talking, we do a food program here, and I was talking to Al, and I said, hey, can I bring a bunch of farm eggs here? And he says, well, you can bring eggs to the feeding program, but they need to be candled. I said, what is candling? So they need to be candled. So next slide here. Okay, candling is a process of holding a strong light above or below the egg to observe the embryo and features inside the shell. And so I didn't know this, but that's how you see what's inside the shell. We see the next picture here. So when, when you buy eggs at the supermarket, and whatever, they go through this candling process so they can see, oh, okay, there's a little bird in this one. Let's not put that one in the supermarket, right? That's a double yoker. Let's put that over here and we'll charge him double, right? You can see what's on the inside of the egg, right? And so it's pretty interesting. And uh, so, so some eggs are called yolkers, and um, they're the ones you want to eat. There's other eggs that are called, they're, uh, they stop developing during the incubation period. They're called quitters. Quitters. And the third type is the ones that are fertilized properly. They develop, they're called winners. Well, God has called us to be winners, not quitters. Any quitters here? Don't put your hand up. We're winners for Jesus, right? And so God, so God, so this is the thing. God looks through our hearts with his light because Jesus is what? The light of the world. And you know, a little while ago, many, many years ago, I should say, I was 16 years old, 15 years old. I'm going to tell you a couple crazy stories today. But I would come home from high school, and my, my other siblings were still in school, and my mom and dad were at work, so I would make supper. I always liked cooking. I said, I'm going to make bacon and eggs tonight for the family. So I'd crack an egg, and I got the first egg going there. It's, you could hear the sizzle of the bacon. It was great. I'm making you hungry. And then I took the second egg, and I cracked it and opened it up, and out fell a fetus into the frying pan. It was a little chicken with no feathers, and it was... Very red, let's just say that. And it fell into my frying pan, and I did this. Oh, and I was just disgusted. And I was like, you know, I never ate eggs for two years. I just couldn't, I just couldn't stomach eggs. I couldn't stand the smell of them. I couldn't, if anyone cracked them, I just did a little twitch. I was just like, it, it was traumatizing because I saw this little bird fall into my frying pan. And, and I say this because, you know, it was a rotten egg. And the problem, some people, they've avoided faith in God. They've avoided coming to church. They've avoided you, maybe, because they've cracked a rotten egg. Oh, I've done that before. The last time I went to church, I walked in, and, and uh, people didn't shake my hand. Uh, they didn't say hi to me in the chat. 
We got someone in the chat talking to you constantly if you're online. People want to love on you. But, you know, maybe you had a bad experience with a Christian or with the church or you watched something on the news and you've seen uh, someone who's supposed to be a great man of God fall. Say, oh, man, I cracked the egg and I'm just as turned off. I don't want anything to do. But how many know the chance of finding a rotten egg is very rare? So don't allow a situation like that to keep you from God. Because there's no perfect people in the kingdom. There's no, the only perfect, you know, if there was a perfect church, the moment you walk in, it's no longer perfect because you're there. Right? Because I'm there. Because we're not perfect. So we have to say, I'm willing. I've had a bad experience, but I'm willing to let it go. I understand there's rotten eggs out there, but God is able to turn it around. You know, um, when I was 15 years old, I was in Dallas, Texas. My parents took us down to a place called Christ for the Nations. So I grew up in a Christian home. So when we did our, when we did our vacations, we would go to a place. We would go to um, kind of like it was like half Bible teaching. We'd go to like teachings at night. We'd go to church in the morning. And then during the day, we'd go to the pool and hang out with our friends and go, you know, whatever. So it was like a vacation slash church thing, right? We, that's the way we grew up. And so... Um, I was always attracted to the troublemakers. I, I, I don't know. They would come around. I was like a magnet. I was, and I would hang out with troublemakers. I don't think I was a bad kid at 15, but I would just get attached to these troublemakers. So I was hanging out with this guy, and he said, hey, man, I want to take you somewhere because I'm going to go visit a friend. So he took me up to this guy's house, and he's knocking on the door. I said, what are we doing here? Because I'm getting some drugs. What are you getting? I'm getting some crack. Now, I don't do drugs or anything. I'm just like, are you crazy? Why did you bring me here? And he goes, don't. He goes, by the way, they told me never bring anyone to the door, so pretend you're Russian. Just tell them you're Russian. I'm going to tell them you're Russian. And so all of a sudden, the door opens, and the guy starts yelling at this guy and saying, you brought someone to my house. I'm a dealer. And he started yelling and screaming. And all these guys came around the door, and they're looking down at me. And I spoke in tongues. I did. Because what I did was I started trying to speak Russian. I was like, who should it be? And I was like, because I was paranoid. I was scared. I'm like, and, and the guy goes, okay, you're good. No problem. He doesn't know English. It's okay. And I want to strangle this guy. I'm thinking, why am I with this troublemaker? This is a rotten egg. Some of you are laughing because you know exactly what I'm talking about. So anyway, I got this rotten egg with me. And now we've got this piece of cocaine or crack. And I, I would never do anything. He goes, we're going to smoke it. So we go down uh, to, to behind this uh, portable at this Christian center, and he took a lighter, and every time he tried to light it, the, the, the flame would blow out. And the thing would not light because I had parents that were praying for me because I was too dumb to know any better. And the thing kept blowing out, and he goes, we're going to smoke this. And I'm like, he goes, I'm going to go get another pipe. So we went down the street. He was going to get a bigger pipe and a better flame. And all of a sudden, a car pulls up, all right? And people jump out, and they hold us at gunpoint, put a gun, and said, give me your drugs. And he stole, thank God for the guy with the gun, amen? That was a good thing. The drugs were taken. I never had a chance to smoke crack. Thank you, Jesus. But here, here's the thing. It, we, he was a troublemaker. And the next day, I, I, you think I'd be smart enough, I went and hung out with him again. So now we're going to a church service in the evening. It's in a big stadium, and Benny Hinn is preaching. How many know who Benny Hinn is? Okay. He wears a white suit, and he prays for people, and they fall down. 
And so this guy tells me, he goes, hey, we're going to go to the Benny Hinn crusade. And he goes, I'm going to make more people fall down than him. I said, how are you going to do that, right? So we go into the stadium. We go into the sanctuary. And he pulls out a big string of firecrackers. And he lights them and throws them into the stadium. And it's bang, 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 bang. So like a machine gun. And people started dropping. Just and he looked at me. He goes, run. So we started running. And I'd never seen such big bodyguards in my life. Benny Hinn's got big bodyguards. It's like, it's like the mafia, right? These big, huge 400-pound guys are chasing us. And we're running out of the church, ran across several fields into Dallas, Texas. My heart's coming out of my chest. I'm like, I should listen to my parents. These kids are bad news. So anyway, get into Dallas, get in a cab, pay the cab driver to take us back, and we pay him extra to lie to say that we were with him all night. Well, they didn't buy it, and next thing you know, my parents and our family is about to get booted out of Christ for the Nations. But they chose to show mercy, and we got to stay. So that's kind of a crazy story. But I was hanging out with a rotten egg. I was hanging out with a troublemaker. And so guess what my reputation became? I was a troublemaker because I was hanging out with this guy. All right? Um, But here's the beautiful thing. When we talk about Jesus, we understand that Jesus is the light of the world. And I love this picture of putting a candlelight under the egg or a light to see what's on the inside because that's what Jesus does. He shines through, and we can see the condition of our hearts, right? In Job chapter 12, verse 22, it says, He uncovers deep things out of darkness and brings the shadow of death to light. God will uncover what's in your life. You cannot hide it from Him. But He doesn't want to uncover you just to shame you. He doesn't want to do that. He wants to uncover so He can heal. Amen? He he cares. He's a loving God. He wants to let the light change you. All right? In 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 5, it says, Therefore judge nothing before the time until the Lord comes, who will both bring to light the hidden things of darkness and reveal the counsels of the heart. Each one's praise will come from God. All right? And John chapter 3, verse 19, we see the most beautiful picture of what the purpose of God's light is. It says, and here is the basis for their judgment. When people say, I feel God is judging me, this is the basis. I want you to see this. The light of God has now come into the world, like a light that shines through an egg. That's my little put in there. But the people love darkness more than light because they want the darkness to conceal their evil. All right? So the wicked hate the light and try to hide from it, for the light fully exposes their lives. But those who love the truth will come to the light, for the light will reveal what God has produced as fruit in their lives. The beautiful thing about God's light is when it comes, at first you feel uncomfortable, but the reality is what's happening is God is exposing what's in your life so you'll repent, so the light can go from the outside to the inside. Amen? God's light, he wants to put his light in you, all right? And the Bible says in Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 9, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? You know, it's like that egg I cracked and the dead bird fell out, right? I thought I was getting something good, but in deep inside there was evil. Deep inside of every heart there's evil, Right? I know we do good things. I know there's that nature of God in us, but there's also evil present. And God wants to heal you. God wants to redeem you. He wants to forgive you. 
but he needs to give you a new yoke. He needs to supernaturally take the defiled yoke and give you a clean, pure yoke. All right? Out of the tomb came new life. Just like a chick comes out of the egg, we see that. Now, back in John chapter 7 that we just wrote, the light could only expose the darkness, but as believers, now we can walk in the light. Isn't that good news? The light isn't there just to shine and show your flaws. It's so we repent and he can move in and change us from the inside. Amen. I love this out of the passage, 1 John chapter 1, verse 5 to 7. This is the life-giving message we heard him share, and it's still ringing in our ears. We now repeat his words to you. God is pure light. You will never, ever find a trace of darkness in him. Say, God is pure light. We need to understand that. If we claim that we share life with him but keep walking in the realm of darkness, we're fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. But if we keep living in the pure light that surrounds him, we share unbroken fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus' son continually cleanses us from all sin. Isn't that good? You know, thousands of years ago, the Hebrews were under slavery under Pharaoh of Egypt. And God sent, he sent the plagues, the ten plagues came strong against Pharaoh and against Egypt. But Pharaoh hardened his heart. And at the last plague, when the spirit of death came to kill the firstborns, the people of Israel were told, the Hebrews, you have to go behind closed doors with your family. Say your family. So they were, in, they, were in, they were kind of quarantined away in their homes. And there was two things they had to do. There was a few things. But the main thing was they had to eat the lamb. They had to partake of the lamb. And they had to put the blood of the lamb on the doorpost. And I want to say that is as you've applied the blood of the lamb to your home, the spirit of death has to pass over. Sickness has to pass over. Death has to pass over. Because it sees the blood of Jesus has been applied to your home. And that's why you need to believe God for your family. The blood of Jesus is over. you got to pray and say, God, I thank you that the blood of Jesus is over my doorposts. And sickness and death has to pass. COVID has to pass. Sickness has to pass. I am protected by the blood of Jesus. Isn't that awesome? But the second thing they did was they partook of the lamb. And Jesus said, I am the bread of life. He is the Lamb of the world. And when we take communion, we partake of the life of Jesus. And we're also covered by the blood. And death has no more power over us. Amen? So God's light exposed that I was a bad egg. <clears throat> and I repented and I moved on. And now we walk in the light as he is in the light. This is my third service today, so I'm losing my voice. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 15, and we'll finish with this. By embracing death, Jesus sets free those who live their entire life in bondage to tormenting dread of death. Isn't that good that we've been set free? We don't have to fear death anymore. We've been set free. Amen. So we're going to take a communion together. I'm going to have Pastor Peter come. Why don't we stand?
Amen. It's a good word this morning, and I just, uh... oh, it was a good egg. It's a bad egg now. Anyways, yeah, just a, a good encouraging word this morning. We just thank God that, uh, that we are gathered here this morning because God is bringing the prodigals home. Amen. And uh, yeah, I, for those of you uh, who've been hearing Pastor Travis preach for some time, we've heard a number of his stories, and I, I'm just amazed as they continue to come forth. So, you know, the Lord's saving a guy from speaking Russian, and uh, it's another time he's hiding from the cops and barking like a dog out of dog houses. And, uh, but anyways, we're here celebrating that God is changing lives and, and bringing people out of the darkness and into the light. And so, yeah, we just want to come and just take this time this morning to to uh, partake of, um, of the bread and the drink, you know, that Jesus, uh, he gave his life for us. And if you're new with us this morning, if you're following us online, and, and you're not sure, you know, if you're uh, whole committed, you know, and, and really wanting to walk with Jesus yet, I just want to encourage you uh, not to partake of this this morning. Because, this, because when you're partaking of this, you're doing it. You're saying, I agree. I agree, Jesus, that, that your body was broken for me. And I agree that your blood was shed for me. And so, uh, so that's just something that we do as a church family, uh, just celebrating, you know, what God has done for us. And it says in, in Luke chapter 24, um, starting verse 1 here, it says, Now on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they and certain other women with them came to the tomb, bringing the spices which they had prepared. But they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. Then they went in and did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And it happened, as they were greatly perplexed about this, that, behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. Then as they were afraid and bowed their faces to the earth, they said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but is risen. Remember how he spoke to you when he was still in Galilee, saying, The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and the third day raised again. Hallelujah. God, we just thank you that you are not among the dead, but that you are among the living, God. And we just thank you as we come this morning to celebrate uh, your life given for us. That, Lord, we partake of these, realizing that you have conquered sin. You have conquered death. So if you would just want to take your, um, your wafer there this morning, our piece of bread. Lord, we thank you this morning that your body was broken for us. We thank you that you gave it all. And you were, your body was the veil. Your body was that veil that was torn. Because previously, Lord, we couldn't come into the Holy of Holies. We could not come into your presence but because you allowed your body to be beaten, to be whipped, and to be crucified and hung on the cross to pay the debt that we could not pay. Because of that, Lord, we just thank you that you give us new life just as we partake of bread and expect to be nourished by it. God, this morning, we are saying that we are going to be nourished with the life of your spirit in Jesus' name. Would you partake? It says in the same manner uh, as Jesus was sharing that last supper with his disciples in his last 24 hours on earth, 
And it says that he took the, the cup and, and he said, you know, this is my blood uh, shed for you. This is the new covenant of, of my forgiveness for your sins. And my blood is being shed for you. And, Lord, we just thank you this morning that you gave up your life, even, even, Lord, a death upon a cross, a cruel cross. We thank you that your blood was shed. We thank you that, Lord, as, as the song says, that it flowed mingled down. Love and sorrow flowed mingled together. And, Lord, a, a love, Lord God, that was reaching out to each one of us here this morning. And so, Lord, we just partake of this this morning. We just thank you, God, that this, this morning, uh, Lord, is just an incredible act of how great your love for us was. And so we take it celebrating your life for our life. Amen. Hallelujah. God, we thank you that you rose victorious over the grave. We thank you that death was not the end, but, Lord, it was a means of the payment for our sins. And as a result, God, it says your word declares that you were raised for our justification and that, God, now as, as your people bought and purchased by your blood, that we are free to live a life, free to live a life in victory, a life in victory over sin, and that we don't have to fear death because, God, we have your love reigning in our hearts now that's pushing all that fear out. And, God, we just thank you. Hallelujah. Amen. Can you give a hallelujah to the Lord? Hallelujah. Amen. I just want to finish with this last thought as well. Um, very important. If you're watching online as well, you know, if we want to see true revival, it, what it, really true revival is when the light gets turned up, when God's light begins to shine. Um, when one day my wife was, uh, was going out, and I said, I'm going to clean the house for her. So I cleaned the house really good, except I didn't know anything about dusting. Okay? Most men don't. We don't know that. You know, that I thought the house was clean. And then before she came home, I opened the curtains, I opened the blinds, and suddenly I was like, oh, man, there was dust everywhere, there was particles in the air. And I thought it was clean, but when the light came, I, I realized how dirty it still was. And I want to say that if you're watching online or if you're here, when, when God's presence comes, we realize that, you know what, we can't clean up our own lives. We can try, but there'll always be a mess left behind. It's only through Jesus Christ and the shed blood of Jesus that we can be forgiven. And I had to come to a place as a rotten egg, and I got into more trouble as I got, as I got older. I had to come to a place where I said, I can't clean myself. I need to be cleansed by the blood of Jesus. And so, maybe some of you, you're watching online, you're here, maybe you're away from the Lord, and God's calling you back to him. You've made that decision, but you've slid away. And I want to encourage you to come back today. I'm going to lead you guys in a prayer. If you want to pray this, let this Easter be a time to recommit with Jesus. Amen? So if you want to accept the Lord, say with me, Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus to die for me. Thank you for forgiving me for my sins. Come and live in my heart and change me from the inside out. Forgive me for all I've done. You're going to be the one who changes me. In Jesus' name, amen. And if you pray that the Bible says if you confess with your mouth and you believe in the heart, you will be saved.
All right? And so I want to welcome you to the family. If you've prayed that for the first time, let us know. We want to get in contact with you. Amen? And just before I hand it back to Peter, if you are hiding eggs for your kids, you know, I was actually with my mom the other day uh, visiting, and she said, can you hide the Easter eggs? So I had 30, I counted them, 31, and I hid 31 eggs for the kids, and they only found 28. So my mom said, well, where, where, are, the other, where are the other four? I said, well, uh, I don't know. And so she goes, look for them. I could not find them. And so she looked at me, and she, don't say this to your kids. She looked at me, and she goes, you're getting old. I said, what do you mean? She goes, if you can hide your own Easter eggs, you're getting old. <laughs> I could not find them, so pray for me. Amen. So, yeah, if, you, if, you're, if you're following us online, you're here this morning, and you prayed that prayer that Pastor Travis said, uh, I just want to encourage you, if you didn't take communion previously, you can do that, and I want to encourage you to do that this morning. Amen. So, Father, we just thank you this morning, God. I just pray your blessing on your people as they give this morning and even as they go, uh, Lord, that you will just bless them. Bless them in the place that they are. Uh, Father, I just pray that you would just touch bodies even this morning, God, because, God, you were raised from the dead. God, in order to bring healing, God, to those people. And, and, and this morning, if you're here this morning and you're following us online and, and you need healing in your body, I just want you to claim that this morning. We uh, come because of a resurrected Christ. There is no other religion. There is no other faith on the earth that has any acclaim to someone having power over death. And we just want you to know, encourage you this morning to take hold of healing, healing not just for your spirit this morning, but healing for your very body because God has a race for you to run and he wants you to run it in health. He wants you to run it in strength. So Father, just bless your people today. Just bless all those, God, who come because your word declares that all who come to you, you will in no wise cast out. And so Father, we just thank you for that, how good you are, and we bless your great name in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you as you go. Thank you for listening. We hope that you enjoyed our message. If you are in the Quinty West area, we would love to have you visit us on Sunday morning at 24 Dundas Street West, Trenton, Ontario. Check out our service times on our website at atthecrossroads.ca.